Elfangle crashed in the construction site. Jake and friends touched the blue cube. It was a weird night. The Yerk showed up, Belfangor died. Now it's up to the Animorphs to make sure they don't control our minds. War and Beast. War and Beast. We talk about things like candlelights and hook fissure and birds. War and War and beast How the cheese should just get over it And the elements are jerks Animorphs Not beast wars Is what we talk about on War and Beast Welcome to the War and Beast podcast The podcast that says... Its name is Jake. <laughs> Why does that sound so familiar for some reason? Anyway, I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. I'm Kendall. And I'm Jeff. Oh my god, we got a guest. Hi, Jeff. It's our, it's our elusive fifth You just combined Jeff beetle. with guest. <laughs> not, no. not fifth beetle, yes, not fifth I beetle. Take it. I love being a guest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for for those who have been, who have been listening, uh, over the course of the podcast, we've mentioned it a couple i think once or twice at least um but we we technically had a fifth beetle uh in the very early inception of the podcast pete best was uh, not a fifth beetle pete Pete best was replaced by ringo uh, fifth beetle fifth beetle is is if anybody's a fifth beetle it's eric eric is the fifth beetle of this podcast (laughs) jeff is the pete best of this podcast or or you could say aren't the beetles like the normal beetle group just five of them I no, there's four of them. There's four of them. John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Yeah. Why are they called the Fab Five? Then? They're called the Fab Four. The Fab okay, Four. Yeah. So okay. I just, I just was an idiot for a second. <laughs> anyway, we are getting way off topic. First. <laughs> we are not even five minutes in, and we are getting way off here. Uh, yes, Jeff uh, was with us with the early inception of the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, due to, to scheduling conflicts, uh, he was not able to to join us. However, since today, as of Right now, as we are recording, it is Memorial Day, so happy post-Memorial Day to all of our American listeners out there. Um, Jeff was able to join us today. Uh, and today, as I sort of alluded to in our intro, rather than it being a Beast Wars episode, you're actually getting two bonus episodes two weeks in a row. And what we're doing here is uh, by popular demand, because we've had quite a few people that have been interested in Animorphs. Uh, we are instead of doing a book, we are reviewing the very first episode of the Animorph series. So, so with that being said, uh, Jeff, do you have any history with Animorphs that you would like to share with us? Uh, I do. Uh, but first off, uh, let me start off by uh, apologizing for calling this show after uh, Kendall's rant a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, I, uh, <laughs> oh, I never, I intended no disrespect, and I will never call this show a mess. <laughs> that was you yes it was, that was so me. funny yes, yes it was because Kendall didn't remember who said it I no think. i remembered really oh. i remembered <laughs> oh you did yeah. yes yes i i've been planning on saying that since i heard that episode uh so that is really <laughs> uh yeah. my my history with animals is uh i i read it 
a little later than probably no- most people. I, I didn't get to it until about junior high, right when the sh- uh, when the the book series was starting to end. Uh, is when I went back and like saw it at like a used bookstore and got really into like the first twenty or so chapters of or uh, twenty or so books. Mm-hmm. And I That's remember loving the book series. Yeah, uh, uh, hating the TV series because of the the bad uh, effects. And <laughs> yeah, I, I re- actually a couple of years ago, uh, yeah, three or four years ago, I went through like an. Uh, uh, I was like unemployed for a while, and I reread the Animorph books, and they kind of like it, it was weirdly comforting. Like so, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty familiar with the entire series. <laughs> They, nice. I think cool. they, and they, you know, I've revisited them a little bit. They hold up pretty well. The books, at least, hold up yeah. pretty well. Even yes. the ghost-written ones. And well, uh, yeah, I mean, we um, <clears throat> we gave a uh, Greg's uh, history on our on um, that uh, multi-universe app that just happened out of nowhere. Uh, but um, the rest of yeah, us, it was, I it think, was surprisingly accurate for an, for an alternate universe. Yeah, it was it uh, was weird that it yeah it was weird that it it got emailed to me from from a from a, a, a rift in time and space. You know, we would be remiss not to put it up after getting such a an artifact. Um, right, right. And I sent them I sent them uh, our our episode of of, uh, of um <laughs> the low road. I sent them our our low road episode because uh, I uh. figured that was that is like the that's the <laughs> the ultimate achievement of all uh, of this Earth's humanity. Sounds, the absolute pinnacle. The absolute pinnacle. <laughs> You're uh, never gonna let that go, are you? <laughs> the fart but, joke. Uh, yeah, like uh, the re- the rest of us. Uh, like I've, I've read the books as a kid. Yeah, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, her character was Tobias, and I actually got really into bird watching because of uh, the bird knowledge that the books gave you. And red-tailed hawks became like my favorite bird. But it's that was like kind of like a, a short period of my uh, childhood. Well, it's still good that it was able to sort of inspire that. It's always good. Yeah, to yeah. Get more I wrote like nature. a book. I wrote like a, a report about the, the red-tailed hawk school once, and it drew like a picture of one, and it was it's pretty cool. Nice. Awesome. You must have yeah. anecdotes uh, about their animorphs history. The, J- Jordan, you want to give yours before um, I give mine? I remember that there was a show that existed. <laughs> uh, well. I remember the show there. on YTV, and it was a big deal. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, Animorphs! Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also remember that I never was able to catch any episodes of it, and I think it came out, like, quite a bit after I had been, like, kind of gearing down reading the stories, I think, maybe. I'd have to actually check. I but believe I, the pilot was, like, a primetime event on YTV. I don't know if it was like that. Yeah. I almost want to say and, that Tony J might have been, like, sort of voicing over because i think they showed it in like two parts like they they had it as like an hour long thing mm-hmm. and tony j was like oh stay tuned for the second part so i think it was like so it was sort of like a one hour pilot and mm. i miss tony j anyways mm-hmm. uh i mean to be honest like I forget how I found out about the books. All I know is that I was in Walden books which should tell you how old this is and <laughs> I saw them, and I'm like, what? Characters that transform into animals? Okay. And <laughs> that was pretty much all I needed. And I don't know. It's just like, it just kind of uh, stuck with me. And so I started collect, you know, uh, collecting the books, reading them, and, in, and, and basically not only did I catch up, but there was a time where I was basically just 
you know, around for when the next one was coming out to pick up. And I, I forget why I stopped reading them, though, too. I think it was more of just like, oh, I did not have a job anymore and did not have my own cash. And I wasn't going to keep asking my parents to lend me money uh, to buy books that are uh, below my, <laughs> below my right. age group at this point. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 now that you mentioned how you found it, I, I got it from the Scholastic Program at our school. Mm. Where like they would show off these books and you could order them in, and like you said, um, I get out. I didn't have my own income, but my mom didn't feel bad about buying me books. So and they weren't that expensive, I don't think. So like little paperback. No. They were three ninety nine. Was the cover price Actually, at that, that time? That that's a question that I've always been curious about because up here in Canada, uh, in our school system, we had like every month or so they would have what well, what they called book orders, and right. it was yeah essentially Scholastic mm-hmm. would send in like a little like two page sort of catalog of books that were available that month that you could buy. You could send it, send away a slip with some cash. And then like a couple of weeks later, your books would arrive. And so you'd be like, Oh my God, new books. So did, did you guys have something like that in the States? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my, we my, had, uh, at, at least, sorry, go Kendall. Uh, I was just going to say my, uh, my mom accidentally uh, signed me up for a subscription where every month I got three boxcar children books. And then after about a quarter of that, when she realized I wasn't reading them, she canceled the subscription. Uh. I just remembered that I actually joined an Animorph book club. Like I joined like the Animorph specific <laughs> club and I got the different books every month or whatever it was. Or, and that was, yeah, I think oh. they gave you little things too, like a bookmark. And yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I was really into Animorphs as a kid. I get really into things when I get into them. <laughs> so I was I was super super into Animorphs for in about fourth and fifth grade and maybe into into middle school too. But like it became one of those things that you're ashamed of because you're ashamed of a lot of things in middle school. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh. Yeah. It was. I mean. It was. Gr- I was. I thought. I just thought it was great. Like it's. It's this. It's it's this real real popcorn sci-fi series with dark themes and and everything and uh, you know when we received that uh, that episode from the other dimension um, it kind of inspired me to revisit some of those some of the books and and I I read the first the first the first volume and and the uh, volume that they reviewed on that episode and uh, and and it it's like it it holds up really it holds up really well. Um, also, uh, a couple of quick anecdotes. Um, so, uh, the way the book orders worked um, was they would have the new, the latest book you could order for at a discount, and you could get each month, you or every three or every couple months. It was kind of like comic books waiting for the trade. You could get the box set, and it had four books. Oh, okay. And yeah. and I I had I had done the math around Christmas time that January was going to have books 9, 10, 11 and 12 and mm-hmm. that I was going to have Christmas money so I could buy those and then I would have sort of caught caught up because I I was I had just, you know, at, up to that point kind of gotten what was at the library and and gotten bits and pieces and then I could catch up and then I could, you know, move forward from there and uh and so and, and then for Christmas my mom got me like th- book 10 in the series and I just like I just freaked out cuz it like ruined my my obsessive compulsive <laughs> plan, plan and like went went to bed early crying and they just oh, didn't geez. understand and my parents didn't understand and I I couldn't 
like <laughs> looking back yeah i was like it was like, like it's uh, all ruined yeah it was like no, it was like ocd to. or something and and then i explain i you know eventually you I explained like they, ac- it. they accidentally monked you yeah yeah i guess <laughs> yeah and then i explained i explained it to him like you know and i and it was like one of those things like i even knew i'm being unreasonable here but my mom ended up sw- up exchanging them luckily i was 10 years old now when I, when i do similar things to that like when I do similar things to that now, you know, it's maybe it's a little inappropriate, but luckily I was 10 years old. <laughs> so it was okay. And then, um, uh, two, two more real quick anecdotes. Uh, so first of all, the TV series was the, was my first experience of the book. Oh, the book is so much better than the movie or the book is so much better than the TV show because, um, yeah. because I, I just, I just remember being, I remembered not, you, you know, you don't realize that they're different mediums. And so you should have different expectations. If they're going to cover the 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 events of an entire book in a twenty minute TV show, you're pro- Ken, there's Kendall. probably going to be some stuff cut out. Kendall, a yeah. quick aside: you want to know what what my first solid the book is better than the movie was? What what the last action hero movie uh, book adapt- adaptation? <laughs> the novelization the book was so much better than the movie. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> that's like layered. I didn't even know there was a book yeah someone did a uh, novelization of the movie and for some odd so it reason was, like, it was a I'm, movie first and someone made a novelization yes. of it and, and I'm like, was better that's yeah I'm like what <laughs> well I mean <laughs> that you when that happens that either means I mean if the movie wasn't that good then you know you can make a better book uh, here's, like my, you know, here's my here. question. I think it's, I think here's it's a my good, bad movie. Here's my question to that though: Does Arnold Schwarzenegger's character realize that he's in a book rather than a movie in the book? Oh, oh I forget. There was some. That would there be was so much better. There was some, <laughs> uh, there was some like they expounded on some of the more on some of the more good jokes that they had from the movie, like that was that was calling out. They lampshaded a little bit more some of the tropes and cliches. And made use of them more. And I remember there was like one scene that wasn't in the movie that was in the book that was actually really good. And I can't remember what it is right now, but but there was just I was just like, why why wasn't this the movie I watched? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the last the last little anecdote. Uh, this happened about a year ago. I was at a party and uh, I was talking to one of my friends about uh, Animorphs, and I was actually telling. The story that Animorphs, the TV show, was the first, like, the book is better than the movie situation for me. And, uh, and I said something about, and referred to the, and referred to the, um, referred to, to the Animorphs series as a young adult, uh, uh, book series, which I think is, is appropriate enough. Like, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's on the young end of the young adult, uh, definition, but, uh, but this, uh, this lady, this drunk lady, who I think is a librarian. Uh, she is somebody who is not a friend of mine, uh, but she is like a friend of my friend's friend. Uh, so she ends up being at these types of parties, and yeah. also she sometimes drinks and doesn't hit and doesn't hold it as well as some people. So she got <laughs> into this big. We got into this big argument of whether the whether they're whether they're young adult novels or juvenile novels and and i was like well what's the like what's even the difference like i'm for a librarian (laughs) there's a difference but like 
it's not an early reading, like learning how to read book, and it's not a grown up book. So it's a it's a YA, you know, and it's a book about teenagers, which makes it a YA book. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. uh, but yeah, she just got like really, really, like so really, really butthurt about it, and and, it was, <laughs> and also she like. I was I was probably drunker than I remember, um, but she was definitely like drunker than the rest of the people at the party, um, and, and I was with my friend who doesn't drink at all, and he like looked it up on Wikipedia and is like, "See, Wikipedia says that Animorphs is a young adult book series," and she's like, "You can't trust Wikipedia." Yeah. So I think she's a librarian though, or she like works at the library or something. But anyway, that's uh, that's my that's my history with Animorphs. You know who we should ask about that? We should ask Ashley about that. Yeah, she's a librarian. Yeah. <laughs> um, I assume we're going to be moving on to IMDb, but before we do that, I got like a little, a little anecdote about my personal life I'd like to share on the cast, like mm-hmm. all totally reprise style. <laughs> um, so uh, first off, uh, thanks, Greg, for posting that my birthday was happening on the Twitter, and I got some... Uh, happy birthdays from listeners and other that was really nice of you but my birthday itself was a Uh-oh. little bit more hectic than than I expected I don't know oh, if you no. guys saw me talk about this on Slack uh, a little bit yes <laughs> okay so on my birthday it was a normal birthday and I had to go to work so I went to work and I was just going to have a relaxing day and not really do anything crazy party stuff on the day before I had like dinner with family but when I was at work and I went on a delivery. I look at my phone, and my brother's telling me that my mom's in the hospital. Yes. Okay. And that was really, I was, I freaked out. I, I called the hospital, and I talked to my mom, and she didn't know why she was there. And then I get talked to her friend on the phone, who brought her to, who I guess was, she didn't bring her, an ambulance got her, but she knew about it, and she yelled with it. I don't want to get into too much detail. But essentially, my mom got transient amnesia. <laughs> Oh my Which god! Is, it's a thing where like you just la- you lose all short term memory, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it it's like so like she remembered like who she was, who I was, um, she remembered who her friend was, but she didn't remember what day it was or what uh, month it was. She remembered what year it was, and sh- she like I would I would have like the she would ask me like um, what day is it today? I'd answer it's Thursday like what do i do on thursday I'm like oh this is what you do and she's like did i do that today and then we would have the same conversation a second later because she would forget uh. that she had that conversation and like yeah it was really scary at the time the doctor said everything was fine like she did a test on her and apparently it's just a thing that can happen randomly and they don't actually know exactly what causes it mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. a thing that happens out of nowhere and that was a very very hectic scary birthday and i like thanks universe that was great but the next but don't worry listeners the next day she was fine she got all her memory back and it was like no issue at all it was just like that just the universe wanted to do a big yeah. fuck you to me on my birthday sounds, yeah, it sounds like an episode of a tv show i know yeah. <laughs> like i thought of my living in a tv show right now like like again like i was i was terrified when i first heard about her because i thought maybe she got some like she was in an accident or like or... she had some de- debilitating um, uh, mental degeneration or something. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I thought Alzheimer's at first, but mm. Alzheimer's isn't that fast. So it was just me being afraid. But like and again, like I'm totally cool now. My mom's fine. Everything's good. But that was not my ideal birthday. <laughs> but I really appreciate all the messages they got. That was very nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad that your mom's doing better. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> right. As, yeah. as bittersweet as the birthday was, I'm glad that that you are here and that you are another year older. And I will not. I I am. I am not going to ask how old you are because I'm you 29. Do I don't oh. mind. No. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like. Like Kendall said, it sounded like a little of a TV series. And like now I'm thinking, like, I know all those times I thought, like, amnesia is such a lazy plot. That never happens. It happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens for no reason at all. Yeah. So. That's, yeah, that's. Did you ever yeah. once think to just hit her with something big? <laughs> just to end it right now. Just. This will fix it, I swear. No, I did not. I did. I, you know, I, it didn't cross my mind. Um, maybe <laughs> I, did, I did. I did score or... with her a little bit. Like, she'd be like, she kept asking me the similar same questions over and over, right? So she'd be like, uh, "How did I get? How did you get here?" And I'm like, "Magic." And she's like, "Where was I?" I was like, "Space." <laughs> like eventually, because I'm just like, yeah. I'm just gonna have the same conversation over and did over. You try, well did a, you try getting struck by lightning while holding kryptonite? That I did try. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't want to hit her, but I thought lightning would be okay because you know, right, right. it's like a little taser, no big deal. Well, and the <laughs> yeah, and like I said, and you know, the kryptonite would would help. Anyway, um, so uh, IMDb. Um, there is, uh, <laughs> only one item of trivia here and it's actually a thing that we have talked about in the past. In the oh. beginning, the main characters are seen playing a beast wars video game. Mm-hmm. Beast wars was a television series, toy line and video game about robots who could transform into animals <laughs> and an extension of the transformers series. When the animorphs action figures would be released, they would be, they would be a subline under the transformers series. No attempt was made to tie the Animorphs into Transformers fiction, however. <laughs> okay, that's actually a more that's actually a better for one piece of trivia. It was like kind of multiple pieces of trivia, so Yeah. It was okay. Although I think it's, it's funny. I think they could have tied it in pretty well if you know, if they had a tried approaching Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Animorphs did any like crossovers. It was it was too serious for that. Uh, like that would be like if you had a if you had like Breaking Brad Breaking Bad crossover with something it's just what Breaking Brad well, <laughs> I like that well if you think about it if um if like the animorph like the animorph characters got got in you know good graces with the Transformers that would solve all their problems like you know like just basically like use some of their technology to track down the Yurk pole destroy it secretly or with explosives and then the city dries out i mean it would be wouldn't stop the world invasion but just for their town and for for their purposes they could at least save that well yeah but except for the the uh the yurks would manipulate the transformers into sharing their um, their technology with them and then and then then could the yurks take over transformers though no because they're they're just going to ask that well although they're well do they have a they're techno organic right yeah. So, well, I'm not sure uh, that the G are... yeah, yeah, but not the G1 ones. Yeah, that's true. So I suppose it would have depended on which ones they went with. Hmm. I mean, but they're living things, right? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, if Yurks can take over any sentient being, anything that has a brain, then they then maybe they could. You know, they can just take wrap over around those androids that are in the series. They do not. No. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, cause, yeah. Are they? Can they specifically not take over Eric? Yeah. No, that's... because there's no brain to go in. Eric just captures him and keeps him. Like, uh, yeah, and and like keeps him in like hologram to makes mm-hmm. it think like it knows what it's doing. Or yeah. Right. Right. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it's over or make it look like a yurk is coming out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Cut out of it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, yeah, because I mean, like, the, the Transformer brands are computers. I don't think yurks can combine with computers. Yeah, no, no, no. no. You're, yeah, the, um, the, fact that, the fact that they do address it with Eric, uh, I think that definitely, um, that says that, that that's conclusive that they wouldn't be able to. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just, uh, yeah. Although I, yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if, um, cause like, cause like obviously Hork Bajur and Gix and, uh, taxons and humans and Andalites all must breathe similar in similar atmospheres. Maybe they might all be, you know, carbon based life forms, like, um, have some, you know, some similarities, uh, to the point that they can, that they can like all function in the same atmospheres. So maybe Yerks can only do certain types. That'd be interesting if there was, if they ran into like an alien race that was, that could not be taken over. Yeah. I don't think the Yerks could take over like the Elemist or, or that type of race or, you know, I don't think that would be able to do that. Yeah. Well, our Elemists, Elemists are like beyond corporeal though. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's one reason why they wouldn't. Yeah. They'd be too. They'd be too. <laughs> they are not mere mortals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go. Um, Jordan, did I'm assuming there was a wiki. Yeah. Yes, European. Um, yeah. Wiki for pretty much everything. So I figured I'd ask. Okay. So uh, just, just as like a heads up, we've got a morphs use section, which I figured we could use. So, which is broken down into morphable characters and their morphs. So the morphable characters in this in this episode were Jake, Rachel, Marco, Casey, and Tobias. And then the morphs, Jake used uh, Golden Retriever, Homer. And then all the others got none. So it's like Rachel, <laughs> none, Narco, none. But <laughs> so for the oh, yeah. for the Visser first episode, three morphs. What? Visser, that's incorrect because Visser, Visser three morphs. That's true. Yeah, but I'm. For some reason, they don't mention the villains. He, oh, okay. I guess. I, I guess, guess he's, you, he's, he's barely a character. Not an animor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a light. And is uh, Kendall sure that uh, Visser Three is the villain on this one, or is he going to try and defend him? <laughs> I'm not going to defend Visser Three. And okay. Yeah. <laughs> he eats we found another, a limit. Another living being alive in this pic- in this episode. So I mean. Well, I the thing that. is, the thing is, there's more. The uh the 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 backstory and stuff. I will say the first the first stuff that I read, um the first Animorphs book that I read was Andalite Chronicles, and it was actually broken up in the Scholastic, Scholastic book orders. It was broken up into three parts. When it was actually released in hardcover, it was all one part. But I had the three separate three like hundred page books that I got over the course of three months. So the first thing I ever learned was how evil Visser Three is. So. Yeah, yeah. I I knew him back yeah. when he was Sub Visser thirty four. I really hope I got that right. I'm pretty sure that. Uh, right. So um, there are two trivia bits, but one of them only specifically res- refers to episode one, and the other one kind of because the first it was a two parter. Like the the my name is Jake and Underground were part of like a, the the beginning thing, but. Anyways, it says here in the novel, Jake su- successfully escaped when the controllers when the controllers got distracted by a homeless man. While in the TV series, he morphed into Homer when fo- when he found the letter trapped with him. And then it mentions that part two was actually shot before part one and was the pilot episode for the series. Oh. 
Why would they do that? I don't know. Because stuff I, happens in the second episode? Yeah, that's Not true. Not a lot happens in this one. Like, fair. I mean, <laughs> this is, like, I mean, and I don't mean that, and I don't mean that this is a, like, this is a really good episode, but, um, but, uh, but, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, exemplify the series. You want to, you want to show what the series is about in a pilot episode. Rather True. than just nothing but exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose you're right there. Good point. Okay. So did we have anything yeah. else? Yeah. I was close. No. I was close. No, so sorry. this, yeah, it was, it. it was okay. sub Visser 7, and then he was promoted to Visser 32, and then Visser 3, and etc. But, okay. So I'm glad, glad we got that. <laughs> glad we got that worked out. <laughs> okay. So. Moving to the episode, uh, opening up, we, we've got Jake, we, we essentially get, I think, I don't know if it's word for word. Yeah. He's (laughs) vlogging. He's vlogging with a video camera. I I can just assume that it's like one of those big ass video cameras that he's got set up on a tripod somewhere. Oh man. Those things were so heavy. Yeah. This seems interesting to me because like, I like it a lot. It's a really cool like opening, but yeah. he also summarizes the entire episode like right there in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, he, he summarizes it in pretty so much like, like two and a half minutes. I'm gonna tell you exactly what you're about to watch, but I mean like it's also really cool. Like I mean like the idea that Jake went and filmed this and like and like he it's well like he looks like it it feels like genuine. That mm-hmm. the dude who plays him I don't know his uh, name. Oh, uh, but he actually. He played uh, Iceman in the X-Men uh, movie, Sean Ashmore. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Okay, so that guy, <laughs> Iceman, uh, Sean Ash. I didn't actually, I can't. Ashmore. But yeah, Ash- Ashbourne? <laughs> yep. Ashmore. Ashmore. Okay. So okay, cool. more that guy only back. does a good job in this. Like, he, he's early acting, but it also just kind of feels genuine. Like, this is a person, like, recording and He looks, like, freaked out. Like, he's confessing something. It's a pretty good opening scene. Yep. Okay, so yeah, I will say because I, I I did start to watch it on YouTube, but then I actually bought the episode on on uh, on Amazon. The opening scene, the opening monologue, is actually not in the uh, the episode. The episode, if you buy it on Amazon, um, really, and also like that's probably a good thing because this because the opening scene looks like it was filmed about. He, uh, Sean Ashmore looks like he's about three years younger than he does <laughs> in the rest of the episode. <laughs> like it was, it was, he looks very different than he does well, in the rest of the episode. I guess I, I got the impression from, uh, from my limited experience that I thought that the kids in the books were actually a bit younger than what they seem to be in the show. Oh, definitely. I thought they were like elementary school. Yeah. No, they're, um, they're like they're like thirteen. Uh, they're okay. Uh, okay uh, so like middle school. Yeah, yeah, thirteen, fourteen. Um, yeah, because they're in middle school, and then uh, Jake's older brother is in high school. So because he's kind yeah, of yeah. like the first book has him like he didn't make the basketball. I think he's in. I think it's. I want to say eighth grade is is where I'm putting either eighth grade or ninth grade. But but the middle school goes through ninth grade. Uh, I would say probably seventh from the first book. I would think. Yeah. Okay, I got. I would I would almost I, say seventh he, or eighth. The, the thing is, he didn't make the basketball team, um, and that's a, like that's a major plot point in the first book is that he didn't make the basketball team, and his and his older brother was like 
the like the all star person. I got the sense like I got the sense that he was. He, yeah, I didn't get the sense that he was. He was. Uh, well, we can we can verify, but I, I yeah. Regardless, middle school I think is is pretty clear because the, there's yeah. a big plot point that he didn't make the basketball team and his and he's kind of like because his brother was a big basketball star. And, uh, you know, cause it, it's like, it's like, this is what he was worried about before, you know, the world was ending. Yeah. And we get no mention of that whatsoever in this episode. So what does that make you think that it's great grading? Cause, cause, cause you can like, a, I mean, you can be on a sports team in seventh grade. So. Right. I just, I got the sense that, well, because like in, in seventh, in seventh grade, you're, you're usually, uh, normally be like a junior team that you would be on. Yeah. Rather yeah, than yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's the the sense that I got there. Um, yeah. Okay. Again, and maybe I'm colored by like my school system that I had at the time because it's actually yeah. changed here since I've been in school. Um, it was seven, eight, nine for middle school, and then yeah. 10, 11, 12 for high school, which <laughs> has changed now. Now we have like nine, ten, eleven, twelve in uh, high school, and six to, to nine to eight in a uh, middle school. But um, like seventh graders would be playing on the same team as eighth graders and ninth graders. Like it's it was the same basketball team, so I kind of feel like it, it's his first year in middle school. He can he gets his first chance to join the basketball team, and then he fails, okay. and then yeah, yeah that's what that's kind of how um, I felt. But maybe he, I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're. I think I think you. I'm wrong. You're right because uh, I just looked mm-hmm. it up. Um, and he is 13 at the beginning. Uh, the, okay, the year, so that'd the, be around. The, grade the last three years, grade, he's and, so. and he's aged 13 to 16. Also, apparently, his last name is Berenson. Oh, oh yeah. They they do reveal the last names later on in the series. Spoilers. Once they get revealed. Crazy. <laughs> Although they don't reveal Rachel's last name, apparently. Uh, oh. Or at least not oh. in uh, Seropedia. <laughs> I feel like since their cousins wanted to be the same, or I could be totally wrong. Uh, that. It wouldn't be hard to... I think it's on the I mean, I've, side. I've, I have cousins with different last names. Uh, true. Like, yeah. It's it's on the actually we know that from the book that we read because it's on the mom's side because the the grandfather that died was or the great grandfather that died was on the was on his dad's side because Rachel wasn't at the funeral. You mean the alternate universe that read the well, book? I mean, I read it when I listened to the episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I read the book. Okay. I, yeah, you probably just no. got into Babysitters Club. <laughs> anyway um so yeah we we get like i want to say it's close to three minutes of exposition at the the start of the episode if you were watching it when it premiered if you were like kendall and watched it on on a service that you paid for you did not get the exposition full three minutes you get the intro right away um the song is very 90s, and I love it. Oh, yeah. It's all, Wait, in, it's all in your hands. <laughs> so you know what's funny about that song? I watched Respect it, and I, I listened to it. Yes, sorry. But the theme song from Star Trek Enterprise has been stuck in my head all, all afternoon. Since I started, I watched that. Like, I watched that, and then I was like, yeah, that's a really good song. I got faith of the heart. And I'm like, that's not the song I just listened to. That's a good song too. Uh, I I do that all the time. Yeah, you you start with one song and then it just naturally flows into something else. You're like, wait, that's totally different. It's yeah. very like that era though. Like I, yes. when you said it, it reminded you of something. I just 
what popped in my head was the Smallville scene, the theme. Like, yeah, Smallville or, or Buffy or something like that. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's Sean Ashmore's brother, Aaron Ashmore. Is it? Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Olsen in uh in Smallville. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're twins. Yep, that's oh, right. Cute. Which I thought it was the same. I mean, I knew that I knew Sean Ashmore and Aaron, and also Sean Ashmore was on an episode. Um, actually, he was on. Oh my gosh, I didn't even plan this. He was on the episode uh, where <laughs> where he and Clark both touch a piece of kryptonite and get struck by lightning. Oh my god! <laughs> and then and then Clark loses his powers and he gains Clark's powers. Of course, that would happen. <laughs> I did not mean <laughs> I did not mean to to make that reference. I guess it was just su- uh, subconscious thinking about Smallville. Well, I mean, it's a good thing I didn't do the thing there because I would have just got my mom's amnesia instead of like <laughs> yeah, instead of scaring it. Yeah, I don't think you would remember. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> I wouldn't have. <laughs> oh, should but, we mention the joke that Emily that you realized mm-hmm. as you were listening back to a previous episode earlier today? Uh Oh yeah, um, like like when I was listening to episode six and yeah, yeah, it was funny. I was re-listening to episode six because that was like the first episode that I ever like hosted, and I just kind of wanted to go back to an old episode of our podcast. And uh, there's a there's a part in it where we're all talking about what would happen if the Energon Mountain exploded, and and Kendall was saying how it would destroy the world, and then Jordan's like, oh, I don't think it would. Like they'd have to ignite all the energon deposits underneath the earth to like blow it up all at once. But I don't know how that could happen. That's literally <laughs> the season finale. <laughs> oh no! Did I just lose you guys? <laughs> That's the best time though, is when when I can get in those little foreshadowy things and uh, without anyone catching them. <laughs> you guys are going to love this in about four months. It'll be. <laughs> 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 I play the long game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, this is just funny. On Seropedia, it has, uh, I have the Jake page picked up, pulled up for Seropedia, and his famous quote is, it's just Jake. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound kind of like an action hero y, uh, like one liner, though, you know? Yeah. They had, a, they had at the beginning of every book for every character, though, didn't they? It's kind of funny. At Jake. Yeah. It's, I guess because it wasn't a show. It didn't do that all the time. But yeah, speaking of Beast Wars, Greg, <laughs> yes. take us away. Speaking of Beast Wars, um, so we at the start of the episode, we initially get Jake sort of doing a little monologue as he's walking along, uh, mentions how, oh, this is 30 minutes ago, and he's, you know, walking towards, uh, seems to be thinking quite hard about something. And then we then cut to a screen and we see what appears to be Optimus Primal on screen shooting some sort of a building or mountain or something like that. Yeah, a base of some kind, it looks like. And as the as the screen pulls back, we see my name is Jake on the bottom of this screen. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> and we then see a cycling of the different Maximals. So apparently they're playing some sort of a Beast Wars game. Yeah. So Jake is playing. We've got weird uh, arcade because they have like old computer like, monitors set up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like there's a PlayStation controller stuck to like in place. So you can't take it. It's almost like a demo station at a supermarket. Yeah. 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 Does does this exist in Canada? Like no. I've never seen I've never so seen many arcade like this. Internet cafes. No. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, yeah, not like this exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was kind of wondering that as well. Like, uh, um, so yeah, I was I was kind of I was kind of wondering that as well. Like, but I mean, because what it seems like it is is you're paying for time to of playing the game because so, because Tobias yeah, sort of like it gives him a one minute warning and then like when the dog runs off, uh, Marco's like, we just paid for another twenty minutes, which I yeah. know that I know that um. I think now that I'm thinking about it, like in the late nineties and early two thousands, uh, it was probably past the time when like straight up arcades were existed. Um, mm-hmm. and I could see, I could definitely see the concept of, of like a, like an arcade or a, or a diner kind or a, not a diner, like a, like a pizza place or something that would have, uh, or like Console an internet cafe up. that would have something you pay time, pay for time on. Cause you definitely yeah. had that with internet. Um, so having having that installed on a on a computer doesn't seem uh, doesn't seem that far off. I th- I think those I think it's a thing that existed. Uh, yeah, maybe um and like and I, I think it's kind of funny because he's playing on PlayStation and then Tobias is playing it as well just at this internet cafe arcade thing and he's playing on PC and the game was on both consoles. That's kind of yeah. kind of works out. <laughs> um and I I just I just paused it on like this shot of Homer. Can I just say that this dog is fucking adorable. So like adorable. I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> this little looks this Gosh. dog gives this whole episode is just like, oh my God, you're so cute. I just I wanna, wanna love boy. <laughs> just standing at the table on his hind legs with his two front paws on the edge, just looking at everybody. It's like, oh, I want to pet this dog. Once we're done, once we're done this episode, I'm gonna have to pet my dogs before I go to bed. <laughs> and like, and then, and then like, yeah, they're playing, and and uh, I think Marco says he wants one more turn, and and yeah. Jake's like, nah. He's like, let's ask Homer, and Homer barks a bit, and they're like, okay, guess we're uh, guess we're giving you another turn because Homer barked, and that meant yes. <laughs> Homer's awesome. I love Homer in this episode. That's a cute. But yes, so. We we get uh, Jake and Marco switching out positions so Marco can start playing, and uh, <laughs> and Homer has such a cute look once they do. He sort of hops down, and we then cut to as we will come to find out Tobias who is playing on a computer, and uh, still playing... have the PlayStation overlay. I just realized at the yes. HUD, like oh damn, I was hoping they would actually like <laughs> give the PC version, but eh, yeah, I'm hoping too much. So. We, we we sort of cut between the two groups. Uh, Tobias is playing, and he seems to be doing pretty well. But then the screen freezes up, says that he has a minute left. He goes to reach for some change, and he doesn't have any money left and realizes it, so he just quits out. And the, I just uh, realized he's using a trackpad to play, and I'm just like, fucking 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So uh, as Tobias is leaving, he he nearly runs into uh, two other characters that we are introduced to with Rachel and Cassie. Uh, they they say hello, and Tobias just sort of makes his exit, and they go over to to Jake and Marco, and uh, Mar- they're like, "Oh, we were ex-, like," they sort of allude to that they're late, and Marco's like, "Yeah, one word, sale." And she was like, no, I had cheer. I'm a, what was it? Cheerleading? Uh, gymnastics. Uh, gymnastics. Gymnastics. She's yeah. like the captain of the gymnastics team and they had a meet. So yeah. Fucking chauvinist Margot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. Well, to be fair, yeah. those are the two, 
those are her two defining characteristics that she's like, I know that she's like an overachiever gymnastics thing and that she loves to shop. I mean, that, that, that actually is a, a very good scene of sort of showing, showing what, te- you know, telling, telling, introducing this character very clearly and yeah. very quickly. Some early characterization, you could say. Until yeah. we learn that she's like Xena warrior princess. <laughs> which is a reference set in the book constantly right but we don't know oh, that yeah. yet like we don't know Sorry. that she doesn't know that yet because yeah that's a that's a thing that that kind of comes up as as they become more as they become warriors like you know as yeah so but she's a fucking badass See, and she, likes she would know if she absorbed <laughs> the dna of a cheetah though <laughs> i get the joke glad somebody got it I had to make my dad joke for one at least once this episode. So, so get with the um, they the group starts having a bit of a discussion, uh, and then Homer, poor Homer, he starts freaking out, starts barking for no reason, or at least we don't think it's any reason in particular. And the the screen that they're playing on starts to freeze up, and as it freezes up, he continues to freak out and then bolts out of this internet cafe and we get Jake running after him. He's like, Homer, come back here. And then we get Marco saying, Oh, we just paid for 20 minutes, but that doesn't matter. Cause the dog is on the loose. And I so, also love that it's clearly shot in the day, but they put a filter on it to darken it. So it's supposed to be nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we get an extended chase sequence the fact that it's light out and then once they finally do manage to find Homer, it's pretty much dark out at this point now. Um, how long were they chasing after this dog? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's it gets dark fast. I mean, I, I, I mean, this is like, you know, this is after a this is after a gymnastics meet. So it's got to be it's probably five o'clock. You know, they're yeah, it's probably around like four or five. Yeah, I suppose. Probably five more so, because the school gets out at around like yeah. three o'clock. I was. Yeah, I the suppose. Ex- so, the, ex- the extended plot establishing this is an old uh, abandoned area with woods and stuff. Yes, and fences. It, it, yeah. And, uh, and we, we, we see Tobias uh, sort of slipping through the gate in one section. And then we cut to the the other four in a different section as they see Homer go in and they manage to, to push the gate open and, and sort of sneak in themselves, start looking for Homer. Um, as they're sort of looking around, it's very dark out now. It sort of looked like this industrial sort of warehouse slash manufacturing facility type deal. Um, I'm trying to remember that they find Homer first, don't they? And then no, no, they, Tobias finds yeah. Homer, and they find Tobias with Homer. And oh, then, yeah, yes, that's right. Like, holding him. Yeah, it's uh, like Jake's this like, thanks, and Tobias is like, sure. It's like kind of he's kind of acting a little creepy, but he's supposed to be like it's because he's socially awkward and stuff. And I think that's kind yeah. of they did a pretty good job of showing that. <laughs> yeah, and then Homer, you know, like a good dog, comes over. He's wagging his tail, and but as he comes over, Tobias points something out that's in the sky, and we see this ship that appears to be zooming in towards their location. So all of the kids and Homer run off uh, in behind a building as the, the ship passes over and then crash lands for a ship that sort of crashes. It doesn't make nearly as much damage as you would have assumed a big ship crashing. Well, you see budget. (laughs) True. (laughs) 
Um, so most of the kids want to go check it out. Marco is hesitant, and but I think it was Rachel who's like, she's like, oh, something might be, someone might be hurt. So she runs off, and then the rest of them do, and then Marco just sort of resignedly wait, runs. Doesn't along Rachel say them. I'm in? Uh, oh wait, no, it was Cassie that said that somebody might be injured, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And then Rachel's like, I'm in. Yeah, because 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 uh, Ra- that's uh, even though even though Syropedia says that her catchphrase is "Let's do it," which I guess maybe mm-hmm. she says it. I I remember her always saying, "I'm in." Okay. Like that's that's like her that's her catchphrase. She says about equal. Yeah, I mean she says both. I mean she you know yeah she's a <laughs> she's gung ho, ready to do stuff. Yeah, actually, yeah, Rachel rushes in. You know, it's interesting you said Xena Warrior Princess because, like, they call her Xena Warrior Princess so much in the books that I had not watched much Xena Warrior Princess, certainly not back then. Um, but I will refer to strong female characters as Xena type characters when they act like Rachel. Yeah. So. Yeah. All I, I I loved Xena as a kid. Actually, I watched a lot of it, so I I, I got the reference when I read the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember the, this chair, the show being on, and watching a few. And I also remember that if they kept calling her Xena, I was wondering who Gabriella would be or Gabrielle. <laughs> uh, I mean Cassie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be uh the I can't remember her name, but the principal's uh, daughter. <laughs> I don't think that the I don't think it lines up because I know but not because she's not gay. <laughs> I, mean, Cass- <laughs> well, I mean, like I mean, ignoring the gay thing, Cassie's like kind of the more sensitive, like uh, friend of hers. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. She is a, she is Rachel's yeah. friend, and and yeah, she you could see her as the sidekick. Yeah, yeah, sort of like Marco is Jake's sidekick. Yeah, mm, that works. So the the kids go to investigate, and we sort of get a close up shot of of Jake followed by the other kids as well as Homer because Homer's still with them at this point. Um, the a door to the ship opens up. We get a big white bright light showing, and we start getting uh, sort of like uh, close ups of oh what God, appear to be hooves. Yeah, Homer's just sort of behind a like behind a piece of wood just looking well no at first he's just like chilling like the rest of them and he's just like <laughs> kind of yeah. thing like he just looks like he's having a good time yeah. <laughs> it's like oh we're playing hide and seek okay <laughs> um but we we then see this hooved creature uh coming down a ramp from the ship uh he then collapses and cassie is immediately wanting to go and help and tobias is like holds her back at first <laughs> mark was like here's the thing with that scene though is that the fact the thing is is that the guy starts leaving the ship like the analyte and you see the hooves but they're not hiding yet and they only start hiding after that part but i'm like i'm pretty sure he saw you already guys and they're right. hiding isn't even like like their heads are poking up like pretty clearly <laughs> yeah so and it's funny because like even as they decide to go oh, we're still staying behind Oh, and they tell Homer to stay, and Marco's like, oh, so he can stay. <laughs> Classic um, Marco wit. Yes. <laughs> so they 
they go over to this Andalite. Uh, as it turns out, it is Prince. Now, I'm going to apologize in case I haven't to slaughter the pronunciation of this. It's Prince Elfangor or Elfangor. Elfangor is how I always say it. Elfangor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we we are introduced to to Elfangor, who immediately starts saying that his injury because Cassie is trying to to help him. She gets Jake to give her one of his shirts, uh, sort of try and cover the wound that he has and try and help him out. Uh, but he's adamant that his wound is fatal and he doesn't have much time. So he starts explaining what's going on with the, <laughs> we're introduced to. I like the, the part where uh, Rachel says, uh, Cassie knows about animals. And Marco's like, don't insult him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he starts going through all oh, your planets in danger. It's, you know, we have there's these creatures that take over people's minds. They could be anybody now. And he starts going into the sort of more of the details, like the the people that are taken over are called controllers. And I'm trying to remember. He does make mention of Visor Three, I think, towards the end, doesn't he? Yeah, he says Visor Three is coming in, and Marco's v- like, Visser. "What's a Visor Three? Visor, yeah. Visor Three, sorry, or Visor Three. <laughs> um. He now I'm not sure where he was keeping this cube, but he he goes on to to tell the kids that he's going to give them the ability to fight this enemy and holds up this cube and says that each of them need to touch a side of the cube. And so (laughs) they sort of look at it a bit weird, you know, a bit skeptical. And let's face it, if you have a large four-legged creature talking to you through your brain holds up a cube you you're kind of gonna question it i think for at least a minute <laughs> uh, um, i want to say here but they show yurks here and um they don't look like i imagine them they look more like kind of mites or something and yeah I was, like just straight up slugs yeah well they almost oh sorry go ahead Ken. see i always i always pictured them as like as not like because these actually look more like what slugs actually look like I always yeah. pictured them as like six inches long, one inch wide, but that doesn't actually make any sense because they have to be able to crawl into your ear canal. Yeah. So they've got to be. Well, tiny they can like just that. squeeze themselves down and just make yeah. their body completely malleable to just squeeze into. Ugh. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They. Yeah. They can do that, but I think. But also, they. Ha- I mean, there is still like conservation of matter, like. Like they have to be able to crawl crawl in there without you know injuring you, and the it goes the size, the size is here. fine. My my issue is with the legs and everything. Like uh-huh. I always imagine like slugs, like they would have like stalks and then like just a worm like body kind of thing. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's just they me. took they took the parasite idea. And I mean, like when so you describe something idea. as a slug, uh-huh. you wouldn't imagine with legs, and it just has legs. And they yeah. always describe it as yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I know that there was there was art around this time because um, that's one that's actually one thing that that this show does very well is the designs. Um, there was a lot of art around the time that looked like this, whether it was fan art or official stuff. I was, I think I actually was into the like weird corners of the internet where people posted fan art of animorphs. I just realized that. <laughs> But I think it was like literally like Animorphs.com had art. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it wasn't I wasn't yeah, I wasn't like literally going to, to deviantart.com slash animorph slash rule 
Rule 34 or anything, but like, <laughs> I think the Animorphs no website actually had. I think uh, yeah, Delphi can... too much. <laughs> I was going to say the fact that you just managed to ramble that off rather quickly, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a bit telling there. I was like 10. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think the, yeah, I think the actual Animorphs website had like fan art pages or like concept art pages or, or something. Because a lot of the a lot of the stuff was very, um, and I mean, it also may just be that um, that that CGI image of the of the yerk crawling into the ear um, is just so ingrained in my head because it's. I mean, this is a for even 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 though the series isn't like thought of as the greatest things ever, uh, like it definitely it definitely is uh, sort of. It had this. This episode especially has some very iconic moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Because um, I mean, we do get them all touching the cube, uh, and then and of course and then the four of the kids focuses and uh, brings back Bucky from the dead. Right. <laughs> no, we no. Oh, oh, so he makes Bucky it so back. that Captain America Steve was actually a Nazi. a Nazi all this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, did we both say that? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you remember when Jake said Hail Hydra? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's fighting the Yerks, because Hydra is going to inherit the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically, there is a uh, a book, one of the books where they do a, uh, it was a, it, it was like a Megamorph thing where they, someone grabbed the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, time thing, a time matrix and change time to that the Yurks were invading in, uh, an America that was basically that the Nazis had taken over, and uh, Cassie owned slaves, and it was basically that premise. Oh jeez, yeah, was, uh, that was that was in the time of the dinosaurs, right? Uh, no, it was the one uh, the one immediately after that. Oh, okay. I can't remember what it's called, but it really they, there were two time travel books. Okay, I must not have read that. Two one. megamorph ones, yeah. Well, no, no, because there was there were two megamorphs books. The second one is the one that had time travel in it. No, there there were actually three megamorphs. Oh, books, there were three. Okay, the one, yeah. Okay, I didn't the read second the second and one. third one. Okay, okay, yeah, because I remember the all I remember about the first one is that um, Marco's not allowed at the pool anymore because he uh, he did the joke from Caddyshack where he put a. Where he put a baby Ruth bar in the in the pool and told told everyone it was a poop. Gross. That's that's all I remember like I said, about that. That trademark Marco Wit. Also, <laughs> also, also, the other thing about that is now that I think about it, is Cassie did the Hitchhiker's Guide thing where she turned into a a very small animal and then she turned into a whale and then she turned into something else <laughs> um, because she was trying to manipulate zero space. Uh, but okay, cool. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, they touched the cube off. and then stuff happens. Yes. Oh yeah, the cosmic. <laughs> yeah, the, the, they, the, they the touched cube. the cube. Um, the four kids initially, and then uh, Tobias is the last one to touch it. Uh, and Elfangor, you know, mentions his name, and uh, from there though, we then have as he's continue to explain things to, about their powers and how they can, if they touch an animal, they can absorb its DNA and become the animal. And that there is a time limit with it though. 
they can only have it for two hours, and then if they don't change back to their human form, then they're stuck that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'd like to point out, like, when you say, like, the reason he says, like, Tobias, you can touch it too, is because Tobias is kind of standing beside, and, like, yes. and, like, and he's like, oh, this isn't for me. This is for these cool kids. And, like, yeah. I totally relate to that, <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not actually part of the, the group, so I'll just, like, go over here. And, and people are like, oh, no, you're involved too. Come on. <laughs> so, and Tobias yeah. was there too. <laughs> <laughs> now, from here, we, we get a second ship that lands. Um, at, and it's sort of bringing up dust and, and particles and whatnot. Uh, as it's landing, uh, Elfangor tells Tobias to, to, to take an item that he has and he tosses it. And unfortunately, Tobias isn't able to catch it. He sort of loses sight of it. It's kind and, of a shitty toss, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and he was than, dying. Yeah. Excuses. <laughs> um, <laughs> And if he he goes initially to try and look for it, but Rachel sort of pulls him away because they need to hide because they he, don't. He know. yeah he yeah he like he like is gonna bend over and pick it up. This thing that Elfangor's yeah. like guard this with your heart, soul, body, and mind. It's the most important <laughs> thing in the world. If you let them get it, then you. Do. And he's like, uh. And Rachel's like, no, come on, let's go. And he's like, but yeah. okay, I won't bend over. Like it's such a it's such a thing that that happens, and this is the kind of thing that happens in TV shows all the time. But like, still, it's like, oh, Oh, Greg, I heard that. (laughs) What did Greg say? Wow, wow. (laughs) You mentioned bending over. Yeah, he said I won't bend over, and I went pouching. Wow, wow. Okay. That was not worth repeating. I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, I don't make the good jokes. I make the dad jokes. That's part of my job on this show. None of my jokes are worth repeating. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault for, for asking Ken. So, yeah, what happens next, Greg? <laughs> um, so <laughs> the kids are hiding behind boxes with their heads sticking out again. So I don't know how well these hiding spots really are. Um, but they're watching as we get Visser, Visser, right? Kendall, I want to make sure I'm yes. saying it right. Visser yes. three. Uh, we get the introduction of Visser three as he, uh, approaches Prince Elfangor and the two of them start speaking back and forth. Uh, Visser three essentially talks about how the Andalites ha- are spread too thin, uh, and that they're, they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And, Elfangor asked why Earth? Like, why does he want to, to come to Earth? And he says, because there's so many people here. Uh, it's like, we'll have an army of, of billions to be able to overrun the Andalites and take over your planet. And he says, and one of the things I will do is I'm going, when I take over the planet, is I'm going to personally ensure that your family is taken over by the Yurks. He's going to oversee so, it personally. Yeah. So, I, I got a few comments about this scene because this is this is this this scene is is every is every bit why I love this show. So mm-hmm. you can so you can tell that they are operating on a limited budget and trying to mm-hmm. do the best with what they have because they cannot show a whole Andalite. No. They show mm-hmm. they show the, the the horse feet and then they show from the waist up and they do a lot of mm-hmm. close ups of the face. Um, 
and and it it's this it's this really really cool it, it does a really good job of of making it seem extremely alien um while while also like and it, and it looks i mean it looks pretty i mean it looks pretty good like it does look it does have an air of of sort of low budget cheesy sci-fi which is which is also awesome like it's, yeah. it's and and then also they're talking about they're talking about this really uh this really sort of it's almost a trope in in sci-fi like why are why are you invading the earth because there's so many humans i mean that came back uh it comes back other lots of times this idea that that the earth has 4 billion people on it that's not necessarily the that's not necessarily common like um no. the thing is the the hork bajur which we see which we see here shortly um when they invi- when the yurks invaded hork the hork bajur homeworld you're talking, you know, a few thousand, uh, of, of, of Hork Bajur. And, and before that, you had this, the, they had the taxons, which are pretty useless generally because they're con- like you, whether they have a controller in them or not, whether they have a yerk in them or not, it doesn't really matter because they, all they want to do is eat because they're overcome they're- with that, that instinct. And then you have the, I think they're called the Gick, um, who are the, the original, like, they're the, they, their legs are different sizes and there were like not very many of them. And those are the original controllers from the Yerk's home planet. So like, I, this I is, think they're actually called the, the Ged G E D. Yeah. What am I thinking? Of? Oh, Gick is a star Wars card. Um. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You're yeah. It's the, the Ged. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah. Gick is a, well, it's a star Wars card. It's a character, uh, on the Dejeric table, uh, Spelled G H H H K, I believe. Anyway, uh, but like, but this idea that this idea that the Earth has a lot of people is is uh-huh. is a really is a really neat. I just think is a really neat concept in. It's a neat theme in sci-fi. Yeah, most notably, it comes back in Stargate Atlantis. Uh, is is a is a that's like the whole point. Of, that's why they have to make sure that the uh, make sure that the, the I can't remember what they're called. The bad guys from Stargate Atlantis. Uh, oh, um, the wraith. The wraith, yeah. The the wraith don't know where Earth is. Yeah. Um, but it's just so cool. Like this this yeah, whole that, bit is so cool. That the, the idea that humans are the perfect species mm-hmm. for the Yerks. They're they're smarter than the Hork Bajor. They yeah they aren't giant centipedes. They're just exactly what they need to mm-hmm. fulfill their domination. Is yeah, it, it's so awesome. And then and then on top of that, they don't introduce this in the show, but. The idea of voluntary controllers, people who are so mm-hmm. depressed and, 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 you know, just don't even care about their own life that they volunteer to be taken over. Or people who are just evil and think, oh, you'll give me money and power? Sure. Yeah. They're, coll- yeah, like that actually will, are willing to collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. It's or just, co-worst. uh, yeah. Yeah. I, some, some work goers and do yeah. being willing controllers. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're specifically talking about the ones that volunteer, though. Yeah. Well, no, no, didn't, didn't. Well, Chapman... like Chapman. Chapman. Yes. He and... volunteered and as, with the condition that, uh. That they leave his daughter. Son. Yeah, so, like, he, he's kind of one of those weird, like, he wasn't forced, but at the same time, he's not exactly, mm-hmm. uh, happy he's with the He's not exactly devoted to the cause. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I always, I always just, like, yeah, the just the idea of of because you know because especially when I was reading this and you know into my early teen years or thinking about this in my early teen years you know lots of teens get depressed 
and you think <laughs> and you think of you know it's all it's like it could be a metaphor for suicide it could be a metaphor for just going through the motions it could be a metaphor for selling out like it's such mm-hmm. a such a cool such a cool thing and that's the reason that the that when Marco's mom thought of it uh she became Visser 1 spoilers <laughs> <laughs> but yes so getting back to to the episode um as the the I can't, oh, for a kid show the the premise of essentially what happens is Visser turns into a hork brusher not a hork brusher he's That's something no. else entirely yeah. oh, okay i thought he was a hork brusher yeah. No, because um, the torpedoes are not as big as that thing was, oh, and okay. also don't have like tails and stuff. Like, yeah, uh, okay. some sort of some sort of monster. I don't think they even yeah. name it even in the book. For a second, I thought it kind of looked like the Xenomorph. In, Ish. I yeah. mean, it, it didn't stick. It didn't yeah. stay that way. Again, we don't see the whole thing. We just see the shadow yeah. in its hand. Yeah, and it. Yeah, yeah. it. Um, and it's, it's pretty big because it. It manages to pick, <laughs> it manages to, to pick up Elfangor pretty easily and then proceeds we see the shadow of it moving towards the what we presume is like the head or mouth of the creature and it's sort of alluded to that he either you know kills him by biting him to pieces or proceeds to start eating him yeah i'm pretty sure he just eats him alive yeah Yeah, it's pretty fucked up (laughs) yeah and i guess he ate jake's jet shirt because like you think that would be evidence that they could have used to track the kids down, but it never gets brought up. So I'm assuming oh. he just ate the shirt. I don't yeah. know if anyone else had thought about that. But that was <laughs> yeah, I was, was kind of wondering if they picked <laughs> it up again or it got lost or something. But yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it's Rachel who. Yeah. Rachel shouts. Yeah. Yeah. She shouts. Um, then the kids the immediately morning. start to run. Uh, yeah. Cause, and, Cause now, now they know that there's other people here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we had no single inkling of until she shouts, and then they all of a sudden appear out of nowhere. Flashlights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From every direction except the way that the kids run. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really um, dark and misty here, so yeah. I guess they just didn't see them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, so, is, this is a weird the, – the, the fact that they – the way they chose to do this setting was a weird, a weird decision that it's like a – it's like a – chemical plant or something or a pow- like an abandoned power plant or something in the something kind of like abandoned factory yeah. industrial to me, thing. and again it looks like there's railway tracks here mm-hmm. i feel yeah. like it's an abandoned railway building yeah well I can, maybe i feel that way because i have one of those yeah. in my city and like i remember hanging out there and this reminds me you of can that. have like uh you you could have factories that like incorporate train delivery stuff into that. Yeah. So oh, definitely. That's, that's yeah. It's, it's just weird that it's not a construction site because it's that's not a abandoned mall like in the books. No, it's it's a construction site in the books. Yeah, but that was supposed to be a mall but never got built. I oh, think. Okay. Uh it, it could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was a mall. Perpetual, in perpetual construction hell. I, and it yeah, never so got they, so they, yeah. they escape by lightly jogging away. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're lightly jogging away only cassie gets caught Why are they uh, sprinting? Yeah. She, she's they're trying not to be loud they're trying to be they're sneaking <laughs> didn't go they, very well but i'm guessing caught. they'll have to worry because they're they, they release the orc bajor yeah 
Which now, again, this is where Kendall was saying with the, the small budget, this is where I say it doesn't look good, personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, di- I totally disagree. I think it looks great. That- it's, it's the best <laughs> it's you could hilarious. do with non-CGI, but it looks horrible. Oh, man, yes. I think it looks, I think it it looks, looks great. Like, it looks like a uh, bargain bin Goosebumps uh, character. It looks yeah. like a rejected puppet from the dinosaurs uh, TV show. <laughs> I mean, it's it's I mean, it's exactly on model. It it looks. Yeah, I mean, the head, the head and and neck and such. Yeah, like yeah. the head. When you look special. up when you look up Animorphs artwork, it looks exactly like this thing. That's true. Mm-hmm. That is correct, and it is at least accurate to what they're supposed to look like. Um, you only see the head of it, and it kind of like it kind of the the way it moves. I think is the most like off-putting thing about it because it looks like it's just like being waved on a stick at the end of a stick or something yeah. like that yeah um uh because it's supposed to be pretty tall so they kind of just show like it yeah and they're looking at it and it and it assumingly can see them but i think that is that a plot point with the horpiture have really bad eyesight yeah you're wrong with that yeah okay cool yeah. which is why yeah. we don't recognize these kids later and be like because this thing gets a pretty good sight of them um yeah, and then cassie gets out of the cables that she mysteriously caught cut up in because that's a thing that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so Jake winds up distracting uh, Visser three. In oh yeah, order. that's what happens. That's yeah. yeah there you go. Not so, Visser three though. It's just a horse. The horse majeure. Oh okay. Yeah. Visser three is um, like the, gone. He's like, uh, okay. I've done my thing. Everyone else take care of this shit. Okay. He's kind of there, but he's not like involved that much. Yeah. He's fucking get his hands dirty. Yeah, Visser three. Visser three does the big scary stuff, but he's not necessarily. Yeah, he's not. He's not doing the grunt work. He's not gonna. Okay. He's not gonna catch four twelve-year-olds. He's not gonna get his, his uh, hooves dirty, dirty for anything less than an andalite. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Jake manages to to crawl into uh, a pipe, and as he he realizes that it's a dead end at the other end of this pipe, and he sees a shadow approaching, and then Homer finds him. Good dog. And, Best yeah. friend. Good dog. Yeah. So Jake, Jake manages to call in Homer. Homer gives him some kisses. It's like, oh, I found <laughs> you, master. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of people who have sort of gathered around the pipe and they keep looking. And someone uh, stands and shines his shoe on the back of his yes, uh, sort of scratches. Leg. Yeah, sort of scratches the back of his leg with, his sh- uh, with the top of his shoe. Now, now why yeah. would you bring that up? Oh, I don't know. It's just completely innocuous. Yeah. I, I was rewatching a <laughs> no scene that looks like Jake got tagged by the Orpid here too at one point. Yes. Scratches yeah. His shirt up. Yeah, scratches his shirt a bit in the back. Um, oh, I pointed it out because I was watching. It's like, man, this scene's taking long. <laughs> we actually get to see a full body version of the Orpid here, just kind of standing there, like waving. Yeah. Yeah. And then he disappears. That, yeah. that that's the shot I was talking about that didn't look too good. Yeah. yeah, I just I 100% disagree. I think every <laughs> I, I single think, I think that close up sh- of the head was fine. Yeah, I think the close up looked worse than that. Actually, I think this looked really? better because it didn't look like it was just being like shooken around on the end of a stick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. this is no. This, you guys this, are the just long wrong. shot. It looked like I mean, the guy basically was just wearing a a uh, hork bajor suit, and the head was like on a little bendy thing up up top. I mean, yeah, yeah it does look like a guy in a suit. Duh. <laughs> But that doesn't mean it doesn't look amazing. <laughs> like, I, 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 I get what Kendall's saying. He's saying like it's it's great like cheesy sci-fi stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's that it 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 
it straddles that line between like legitimately looking cool and legitimately if you use your imagination a little bit, like you can really you can really believe that this is a real thing, but then also you can kind of see the str- you can kind of see the wires, you know. Uh it's it's just uh I mean yeah I mean yeah this is this is them I mean they're they're pulling off a a a legit hardcore sci-fi like this is not this is not aliens yeah. with bumps on their heads you know th- I mean yeah. this is not humans with bumps on their heads this is these the the, the these characters these these aliens that that have just been described to you so much and then you see them come to life it's just ah, it's so great <laughs> Again, it's the best they could do with what they had. I would, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. I would prefer like a, a if they ever re, did, try to do this again, make it like a cartoon or something. So you yeah, yeah. And when the rest of us right. wanted to, and when the rest of us wanted to have bowl cuts and comb our hair forward, you still wanted to slick it over to the side. It's, you know, <laughs> right. It's it just looked better. I don't know. I think the morphine effects in the in a cartoon would be a little bit better. I kind of want to see this as like a Netflix original, like live action show, but like. I don't, and I think they could do that. that it would it would do okay because like a lot of they're doing like um like a lot, young young adult stuff is like really popular and they have and then the nostalgia is really popular. So I think like they could they could get away with making another series of this, but I don't know if they ever will. Oh God, go with like an R rated Animorphs Netflix series. No, I don't want R rated. <laughs> but like, I mean, because like, they, they have a isn't there like a, something called like a but there's a young adult. But Sorry. Emily, how could you how could you possibly tell the be, stay true to the source material without going R rated? <laughs> I mean, there are just well, certain characters. The, I, I, there are just certain characters that you can't go without R rated. Like, like I mean, you know, Wolverine has never ever been correctly portrayed except for when he's R rated. You know, oh, I see what you're saying, doing here. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Batman um, and Superman, Batman v Superman needed to be R rated in order for them to really uh, show, stay true to the comics. You know, I mean, you just want to all know Batman material. kills people constantly. It, yeah, I was, I was trying to say, isn't there like a Netflix series that's right now? But is this a young adult series? It's like, yeah, it's uh, 13 Reasons Why. I thought. No, well, not that, that yeah, one. That isn't is. that one with like Shadow, like. Jesus, I am I am <laughs> confident that there are many Netflix series that are based on young adult properties. I think, I think the, that the 100 might be one too, actually. But yeah, it's what I'm thinking of particularly is like a fantasy one, and it has to deal with like supernatural shit. Trying to remember, and it was actually there was actually a movie made about that series, but I guess oh it didn't do the well. the Shadow Hunters, yeah, that thing that based thing. off of City of Bones, uh, book yeah, yeah, series. yeah, yeah, that that thing. is. Much better than it has any right to be. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to watch it because I've heard that. It, it's pretty it, good. It's so, filled with super pretty people and is actually competently made. So, so are we to the point where Jake morphs? Uh, yes. Okay, he, pretty close. He and Homer are uh, sort of still hiding out in the pipe, and uh, he gets the the notion to put his hand onto Homer's head. And after uh, a couple of moments, he takes his hand off and Homer sort of paws at him a little bit. And we get this moment where he seems to be concentrating and we get some really bad green screen effects for a moment or two. For Homer specifically. Yeah. Like, cause I guess because it was hard to shoot that angle. Yeah. You know, like in the- <laughs> Yeah. And then we get Homer laying down in the pipe and then we get a zoom in on Jake's face as he starts to transform. 
Homer looks so upset this whole time, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. puppy!" <laughs> and we do hear some some whimpering as the Aww. the transformation takes place. Um, though Jake is, you know, sort of looking like he's happy, like he's got that happy dog face where you know he's panting. So it sort of you know is different than what you would anticipate with you know hearing the whimpering and all that sort of stuff. But um, well, Homer looks it- sad though. Yeah, I yeah. think the whipping from Homer. Yeah, but uh, once uh, once Jake finished, because the transformation takes about thirty seconds yeah. or so, I want to say. Yeah, so well, I mean, is... like just like the books, they go into like yeah. they go in intricate detail about how this transformation so, works. Oh, so yeah. th- this is actually really important because uh, when I was when I was younger, um, my biggest criticism of the show was the morphing sequences because mm-hmm. they. They were too, they're too fast later in the series. They're, they're, they're too fast. There was even a commercial that talked about how you could turn, they could turn into animals in three seconds flat because literally that's, that's how long it takes for them to, to morph uh, as the show goes on. Um, mm-hmm. but with this, with this one, he, it really does, it focuses on his hand turning into a paw and it, it and it you know it's, it does his face and then like at one point he's like half dog and he's got le- his human legs are there like it definitely this definitely is is in line with the books in a way that mm-hmm. in a way that morphing sequences later in the series are not and i which and makes I really sense appreciate because that. they're trying to like you know they're trying to get safe time right it makes sense why right. they would limit the right later. yeah 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 i mean as i said at the beginning uh when i was when i was 14 years old i didn't realize that film and books were two different <laughs> mediums <laughs> and yeah another um, thing i want to point out is that the the, the 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 show for good reason does away with the whole like oh you your clothes don't morph with you right and you're naked afterwards because they didn't want to have naked kids on screen uh, uh, <laughs> yeah well yeah it wasn't i mean that's what they did they could have done that i mean that's they did that with alex mack um when mm-hmm. she first turned yeah. into goo, she couldn't do, use her clothes, and then she learned how to use her, do it with her clothes. Um, mm. But yeah, in the first book, there are lots of scenes where Tobias is naked. <laughs> to bar- Tobias borrows a lot of Jake's clothes. Yeah. Um, so once Jake finishes his transformation, both he and Homer uh, bolt out of the pipe. <laughs> and I'm assuming it was Jake grabs a flashlight out yeah, of one it was of the totally Jake. <laughs> yeah one, out of the hands of one of the controllers, and they run off into the woods. Uh, Visser Three is like, "What? What was that?" And the people are like, "Oh, it was just a couple of dogs." He's like, "Fools! They could have been more Andalites." And so the dogs run off, and then we we fade to uh, the school the next day. And we are in the lunchroom, and we've got Cassie, Rachel, Marco, uh, all sitting and talking at a table. Uh, and then Tobias enters into the dining hall. He sort of looks around, and he gets waved over by Rachel. And so he comes over. He's got a, a bag lunch, and I think everybody else, it looks like, bought their lunch. Mm-hmm. So because Tobias so yeah. is poor. Yeah. Which is, I mean, they tried to try the show later earlier with the with the arcade sequence too, where it's yeah. you need to put money money in, and he can't, and his there's people that are kind of watching him like, oh, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, you know, I just I'll do it later kind of thing. And uh-huh. yeah, he's just trying to yeah. be discreet about that, which I mean, being a poor kid growing up, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So we we get a bit of a, a sequence where 
the four of them are all talking sort of like, did, did what happened last night happen? And, you know, they're worried about Jake and, and what happened to him. And uh, as they wonder what happens, Jake then appears at the table, sort of, you know, sets his tray down loudly at the table and then sits down. He goes on to explain how he managed to get away and, you know, what it was like to, to transform for the first time. And Marco actually asks him, you know, did it hurt? He's like, well, not really. He's like, it's kind of weird. It's hard, hard to explain. And over the course of it, you sort of get the idea that maybe they're a bit skeptic about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, as for, for what it is, you know, they're, they're still trying to be very secretive about all of it. Uh, As they're, they're talking, there's a few kids who start roughhousing and, and one of them gets shoved into Jake and then they sort of move off. And they, they realize that they need to try and be really secretive and that they can't really trust anybody. Mm-hmm. We then get Jake uh, watching as uh, the kids are like sort of they've moved on further into the room. And we've got the, the principal who, as it turns out, is the gentleman who had scratched the back of his leg because we see <gasps> Jake notice it. And yeah. those is the boots in the same action. Oh, so there's Jordan's foreshadowing coming to the forefront again. <laughs> yep. Chekhov's leg scratch. <laughs> so J- Jake announces that the the principal is a controller and that they can't trust anybody at this point. It's just them and they, you know, they, they can't let anybody else on as to what's going on. Uh, and that's how the episode ends, really. Yeah, yeah pretty much the episode <laughs> ends as the as the principal is walking by the table they're sort of all huddled together a little bit you know and then they sort of take a bit more relaxed posture as as he walks by and then we freeze and the episode ends mm-hmm. so yeah uh overall thoughts on the episode uh i think it's you know pretty good first episode kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah i think it's pretty good i think it's stronger with the second part yeah probably again like this is very much a setup and everything yeah and then and also there is that little i guess that's why they took it out of the the amazon version or the dvd version perhaps uh the whole like summary at the beginning because it does summarize the entire episode and then Mm -hmm. like you see the episode it's a little bit like okay well that was kind of weird (laughs) you just told me what was gonna happen i almost i almost wonder you said that the second part was filmed first and i'll i'd have to um, watch it. I, uh, cause, cause this look, cause that scene looked like it was filmed. Like I said, it looked like it was filmed like two years before the rest, which is very possible. Like you can film a pilot or, or a, a concept reel for a pilot way before, um, you know, like, uh, most recent, like re- in recent years, Gotham was filmed like a year or two years before the pilot episode was filmed, like significantly before the second episode. And you can tell cause, for between the first episode and the second episode, Bruce Wayne grows about three inches. A lot. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so so maybe that that was that that little chunk at the beginning was originally gonna be like they weren't gonna show. They were like, we don't have the budget to show Visser Three and uh, El and uh, El Fangor and Hork Bajur and stuff. We can just do the morphing. We can do the morphing. <laughs> we can do the morphing. We can tell this basic. <laughs> 
you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll bet that the budget was much smaller for the, for that part. So they, they did the pilot and then they were like, well, we can, act, we're going to buy your series and you, and you get, are you afraid of the dark budget for this? <laughs> Not goosebumps, budget, but are you afraid of the dark budget? Well, I mean, it was on Nickelodeon, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I also, know. I also wouldn't be surprised if that opening bit, like, I mean, it probably isn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that was Sean Asmore's like acting real. Like they just had a bunch of people just film yourself doing this monologue, and we'll right. see if we like it or not. Oh, geez, that could have oh. been like the audition for Jay. Yeah. It's just like that's cool. I thought I that's a that's a cool thought. <laughs> he just really looks he be. just looks so much younger in that. So much younger. Like I actually thought I thought that I was watching it. I was like, is this the is this the actual thing, or is this like or is this like uh some guy some some guy's fan series. Well, if, if it was if it was an audition, maybe it was filmed like a year before they actually started. And a yeah. year can oh, do a lot at that age. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the age of 20. Even to 20, it can. Yeah, like know, 19 to 20 or whatever. I'm not sure how old he was at the filming of this. He, he was 20 at the time. I looked it up earlier. Okay. Only Marco and Rachel were actual teenagers. Like what, yeah, it was seven. Like, what if he filmed it in 19 and then like yeah. – when they started a series, yeah, it's all I can see a lot can happen. Yeah, you can you sense. can hit a growth spurt. I I looked I looked very different in my late teens to my early twenties. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think the the real 15. question though is that you know is this better than tattooed teenage alien fighters in Beverly Hills? Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. Well, it didn't make me want to, like, you know, jab Q-tips into my ears at any point, so I suppose it's a net positive. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that just, that just came out, listeners, the day we record this, so <laughs> thought I'd mention it. Yeah, for anybody yeah. Who, who wanted to listen in on a bonus episode that Jordan and I are on, we uh, we join Mike from Teenagers with Attitude and review the first episode of Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills, or... Yeah, the short, I suppose. Uh, yeah, and Ken, you really like the episode, right? Oh, so you, yeah. why don't you just gush about it a bit? This was, yeah, I mean, this is just great. Yeah, like, I, like it's, it's, it was, it was perfect in so many ways. Yes, it is. It it is. It is perfectly dated. Um, it so it has that. It has that like tone of yeah. It's got. It's reminiscent of Are You Afraid of the Dark or um or yeah or like Goosebumps. I mean, the acting I thought was really pretty good the guy that they did that was doing marco was was do was exactly marco and um and you know jake was jake uh the other the other characters didn't really get that much of a moment to shine uh the little bit that we saw of viscer three he was doing a great job of chewing the scenery as a villain should and uh and mm-hmm. i occasionally see that actor uh he'll he shows up later in the series um i mean the the guy that was doing the voice is is the actor in when Visser three morphs into a human. Um, and I have occasionally see him in stuff still. And like, I, I always think of him in this and it's like, this is one of, this is just one of those shows that like, it's, I think I like it better now than I did back then because I can appreciate the good and I can, I can enjoy the, I don't want to say the bad, but like the camp and the low budget and the, you, you know, the stuff that the, the imperfect, it's it's good, you know. I like to hear the record scratches, you know. <laughs> oh, Sam, yeah. um, I realized that it was a Animorphs episode that we just watched. However, we did have some questions from last week. 
that we did not get a chance to answer. Uh, so, so I thought we'd try and tackle some of those to end out end out this episode, so that people still get a bit of a Beast Wars fix as well. Yeah. Also, real close, uh, Jeff, did you say what you thought of the episode? Or? Oh, uh, no, oh. I did not. But it, oh, uh, sorry, sorry about basically, that. I, I got quiet. Uh, it basically. <laughs> I, here's the thing for me. I actually saw the series before I read the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so I, I think that I liked it better when I was younger because I didn't have the books in my head when I saw it. And now that I've read, uh, you know, I, I've read the book since then, I'm like, oh, no, I like this better. So <laughs> everything Kendall said isn't wrong. It's just not for me, but I totally understand why someone would like it. it it's definitely good for the time. And yeah, they they have good actors and everything about it. I just, it's not my Animorphs. Yeah, Aww. I mean, there's, there, yeah, hashtag not my Animorphs. Yes. There's just so off. I just feel like so often you revisit things, you know, we just finished the, I just did the episode of Technodrome Tales where we finished the first season of, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And like, I, over the, for, over those five episodes, I had to learn to manage my expectations for what I was going to get because it was not what I, it was not the series that I remembered. Now, I can still yeah. enjoy it and everything, but man, but like this, this is just, I mean, I love that. I love that, that, that sci-fi, that sort of sci-fi camp. And I really feel like they, they do stay close enough to the source material. Like they try to yeah. stay to the source material. It's just that there are, there are limitations when you're like this book is like is is over 200 pages um the 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 invasion um which i mean i guess it probably is actually a two-parter most of the most of the episodes that they line up one to one with a book but um i mean this is the the first the first batch of animorphs books is even a little bit longer uh than the later ones and and uh you know so obviously there's going to be a lot that a lot that gets removed and a lot that, yeah, that just is implied, but like, it's just, yeah, it's like, this is, it feels like it's well-written and the acting's good and it looks cool. And that's just not true of some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so on to questions. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, uh, Casey, you know, lady Kate, Adelaide K. Hirsch had a question in the news post that we didn't get to because of time restraints. So I made sure to save it for that now. And they asked uh, your favorite TNG character, the next generation character. My personal favorite, hold on. My personal favorite is Gwyn Nan. She's she's well-written, mysterious, fun character, and Whoopi does a great job in the role. Uh, Guinan. Guinan. I, I'm sorry. I, I, was, like, I, was, I basically man? was going to, going to ask, like, did I say that right after the, there? But you guys kind of beat me to it. Yeah, sorry. Guidance a good character. Very mysterious. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I only knew that character as the the one played by Whoopi Goldberg. Like, I never caught the name. That's uh, that's perfectly fine. I think in most in most Star Trek: The Next Generation parodies. It's it's like uh, you know, and the, the, this and then and I'm Whoopi Goldberg because that's you know, <laughs> that's what like her. She was so she was so much of a bigger star than everyone else on that show. Yeah, to the point that they would write the scripts and the and the scenes. It would be Troy or Guinan could could play the role in that scene. 
that makes sense. And uh, and so so like if if Whoopi was on set, then uh, Marina Marina Sirtis would not get to be in the episode. <laughs> well, not for that part, at least. Uh, yeah, I, usually it would mean that she wasn't she wouldn't get to be in the episode. Uh, uh, from what I from what I heard in the in the interview that I listened to. Mm. So we're going to answer the question or uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> what? Easily Alexander Worf's that's Worf's son, in, right? That's the one next everyone hates. Generation yeah. though? No, I'm totally messing okay. with you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly he gets good in in Deep Space 9. I haven't I haven't finished Deep Space 9, but uh, it's not too bad. Um, <laughs> I like Data. I, yeah, I was going to go with Data too. Data's a pretty good character. Unfortunately, I have to also say Data. Um, because he's just, I mean, that's what, the, I mean, that's what the, he, the show's about, the show's about Jada. I, I do like, I do like Riker a lot too. I like that yeah. he, he takes, he sort of embodies all of the parts about Kirk that I like. And I like the way that he plays off of Picard, who sort of is more, is more by the books. Like he's a different sort of captain without being a, a jerk like all the all the captains who weren't Kirk in the original series, yeah. uh, but I do think I do think that Riker they with Riker they do a really good job of kind of making him. He's kind of the love him and leave him character. He's also got that background with uh the, you know that 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 old relationship with with Troy that sort of turns into a will they won't they kind of thing and um and also like like it's a very modern relationship too because like sometimes they're. Sometimes they're just friends. Sometimes they're kind of together, but they don't really let it. They don't really let that affect their their performance as far as mm-hmm. like professionalism, um, which I really like because rarely do you have a relationship between characters on television that, especially like a workplace relationship, that then doesn't sort of bleed over into their professionalism. Yeah. No, I agree. That's a, a good relationship between the two of them. There. Also, he plays trombone. Yes. <laughs> uh, if if I was gonna be honest, I, I will say uh, uh, Jordy. That's a good one too. Jordy's he's cool. the he's the one you could always grab a sister's headband and pretend to be, even if like <laughs> at a Which young I age. Actually did. <laughs> I actually did. Oh, same here. For for one Halloween, um, he had a toy. The, my my mom made the shirt like the yellow shirt. She took like a, a black uh, turtleneck that I had. And she had some yellow fabric, and she sewed it onto the black turtleneck. And I had one of the. Um, oh no! Wait, I didn't have it at that time. I took a uh, a pl- the the top of a cottage cheese container hmm. and cut out the the badge and painted it because I had gold um, gold and silver model paint. Painted the badge, put that on the shirt, and then we had watercolor paint at school. And we had white, so I painted my face white for data, and I won a can of Pepsi at the costume contest at my school. Oh my and then that night, I had painted uh, one of my sister's barrettes and stuck a uh, some swimming goggles, like the the band from Swimming Goggles, onto it. And so I went out as Jordy that night. Okay, that's so. At least cute. you didn't. At least you painted your face white during the day. At least you yeah. didn't do any face yeah. paint at night. No, I did not paint. I did not paint my face at night. I just wore it. I wore Greg, the barrette. You heard it here like, first. Greg went as blackface Jordy for Halloween one year. I did not. Year. No, I did not. Well, yeah, you didn't. It sounds like you, you 
You didn't, yeah, you didn't, like, you didn't, yeah, you didn't. <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I misunderstand where, I thought you were data at the daytime, and then Jordy I was yeah. data in the daytime, because I had to yeah, let so the Yeah, so you painted your face white for, for data, because he's, yeah. like, kind of albino-y. Yes. And I, so, yeah, you did the opposite of blackface. Yes. <laughs> And it actually came off really easy because it was water-based. So, like, once it all dried out and cracked, it was just a matter of, like, you know, sort of... I'm glad that you were racially conscious or your parents were enough that you didn't decide to do the other way. Thank God. Yeah, I never... I didn't even... I, like, the thought never even crossed my mind to to paint my face black, so... That's good for you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's probably just because you don't see race. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as Jordy LaForge, he... uh, I thought it was kind of funny um, how you mentioned headbands because uh, I've been incorporating that in my outfits more. And I was like, so kind of give me a giggle there when you said you took your sister's headbands, Jeff. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was like the 90s headbands that looked just like them, too. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So okay. the date is my pick. I, I, I want to watch the series again and see if I like Troy because Troy sounds like me. <laughs> She's like an no, empath. You, and, like, you won't like Troy. Because she's okay. terrible. Oh. I mean, <laughs> but she's I mean, empath when... and she supports everybody and tries to help people with their problems. And that's kind of like what I try to do in my friend group. So, so my I... favorite Star Trek: The Next Generation character was David Xanatos. <laughs> oh, who was that again? <laughs> Jonathan Frakes did the voice of David Xanatos. A lot of people from from uh, the Next Generation did yeah. Gargoyles voices. Oh, oh, okay. oh nice. Yeah, Jonathan Frakes did. Michael Dorn did. Yeah, Michael Dorn. Uh, uh, God, I'm trying to think of who else. I think they got Lavar Burton to do a couple of voices. I think they he might have, because he he was he's he's does he does a lot of voice work. Yeah, like he's been yeah. doing voice work for a very long time, yeah. and it's still doing a lot of voice work. He was Gaia in Captain Planet, or not Gaia? That was Whoopi. He was the uh, uh, Gee, the 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 Earth one. All right, oh, so Captain Planet. So let's let's yeah. flip that question yeah. around. Uh, what character do you like the least on the next generation? Because there are some stinkers on next generation. And uh, I have not watched enough to tell you. <laughs> my my uh, my my answer to that was a jerk. is Loxana Troy. Yeah, I really yeah. do not like that character. There, I, I'm just watching next gen for like the first time. And uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, Which you know is kind of sad, considering you know that's Gene Roddenberry's wife and all. But yeah, I liked her better when she was the computer, <laughs> <laughs> or Nurse Chapel in the original series. Was she Nurse Nurse Chapel? She was. Oh, I didn't. Are you sure about that? I am positive. Okay, because I know she was. She was the first officer. Um, because uh, because I heard a th- I heard a thing. I got a. Somebody got me a record that was Gene Roddenberry speaking, and yep. he said, uh, and, and he said um, they wouldn't let him have an alien and a woman on the bridge, so he kept the he, he kept the alien on the bridge and then married the woman because he couldn't do the op- he couldn't he couldn't do the other way around. <laughs> um, that uh, you know, any other questions? Yes. Um, so, the Eric. Uh, at the moon rules asked Hello, us, Eric. uh he i think he asked this of of multiple podcasts but he asked you're pulling a heist with your co-hosts what role does each host play for the heist oh, bonus points for coming up with a heist related to your relevant ip 
So we're stealing Energon from Megatron, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, either that or we were stealing the Golden Disc. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. I, I don't know how it gets, because most of us are good at talking to uh, out, like talking people out of things. But. Well, Greg's a muscle, because he's a, he's a swords master. So <laughs> you just like you give him an Energon blade, and he would just cut the yeah. shit out of okay. Transformers. Greg's a muscle. Jordan's the demolitions expert. <laughs> um Emily is the uh like something with charisma. She's George Clooney. I, um and, hold on uh, a second. and I'm, and, very I'm flattering. <laughs> and I'm the and I'm the uh uh like tech. Let me just you're the, you're the smart guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like the and you snark a lot, probably. And and I'm the guy who showed up five minutes late to the meeting. And I was like, Oh okay. <laughs> you're the, the one who gets caught little. in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just get my spycraft role playing game thing here. Oh jeez. <laughs> so what uh where is it? You're prepared. Skills, feats, character creation, blah blah blah. I've heard of Spycraft, but I have not played it. Yeah, I'm the same. Okay, so Advocate, explorer, faceman, hacker, intruder, point man, scientist, scout, sleuth, snoop, soldier, wheelman. I suppose I'd sort of be the soldier. I don't know if I'm good enough to be a wheelman. Maybe a snoop? Snoop? Was there a demolitions person? Because, like, handleman. That would probably be, uh. That would, probably... Be, that would probably be scientist. Yeah. Is scientist or or uh or some sort of a tech maybe yeah yeah because yeah because like i was thinking again. when i was saying tech person i was thinking hacker um yeah, that could work yeah. too but then yeah like like i what, what i think of is jordan is yeah you're like the the guy that has the you you you're the you're the like i'm the i'm the i'm the oracle i'm the guy with the headphones and and get doing into the system hacking into the Hacking into the security. Mainframe. You're the guy who is actually on the floor. Mainframe. Like <laughs> you're you're the one that's actually on the floor. Like like with either yeah you know either using putting a little bit of C4 in there to 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 get the to to blow the to blow the safe or or to pick the lock. You know using the like a some kind of device that turns the thing and makes the combination and stuff. Like you're the you're the you're the tactical expert. I'm the I'm the more back because uh, I'm fat, so you know I'm not on the I'm fat and I have a long beard. Oh, you're you're the weird so, owl. Got it. So, advocates the the uh, basically the the con man talk talk you know talking person. What's the face then? Face the face man is the master of disguise and infiltrator. Oh, so, okay, so yeah, not that. Yeah, but I'm the advocate then. Okay, cool. Not that. <laughs> I'm pretty good at lying. Use it a lot in high school to get out of class. Oh, there's also the intruder. <laughs> the intruder is is the team's acquisition uh, acquisitions expert. He finds the uh, what's needed when it's needed through any means necessary. That sounds like Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> he okay. finds it on the wiki. And 
Is so, there is there one for yes. this random guy who shows up for Jeff? I, I'd be the, I, yeah, I'd be the guy on the inside that you turned to get to where you need to go. Yeah. Right. You're the security guard. Yeah. You're somehow you're somehow with you're somehow one of the Predacons. And you're helping us. <laughs> I don't I'll know. Wait, no, no, I thought we were the Predacons stealing the golden disc. Oh yeah, I guess that would work. I, I am a turncoat mask maximal. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that would make sense since they're pretty corrupt, I think we've established. <laughs> Kendall convinced me to the light side. <laughs> uh, Eric also had a, another question. Uh, would you rather see Fast and the Furious meets Transformers or Top Guns meets Transformers? Uh, Fast and the Furious for me, definitely. <laughs> all, all well, then three? why don't you like the Michael Bay movies? Because that's what the that's what they are. No, Fast and Furious are much better action movies than the than Transformers movies are. He also notes that Top Gun meets Transformers would have a beach volleyball scene. <laughs> also, the, the the Fast and Furious movies are like connected to cars in a way that Transformers aren't really. They're just like <laughs> military movies. So, like, I could see the Transformers, like some of the Transformers, like m- like teaming up with the Fast and Furious crew, and they would have like each be attached to a Transformer. So, like, Vin Diesel would have his own Transformer, and The Rock would have his own, and then like. They would have like even kind of like a buddy like partner thing going on, like a like a partner aspect, like how so Sam is with 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 um, Bumblebee, but like for all of them. So yeah, like, that would be some, really cool, point, actually. Like, that would be a fucking amazing movie, and I want it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, and at some point, the rocks uh, gets captured or something, and Vin Diesel's car gets confiscated. So they have so he has to drive the rocks car and they just don't get along, but they have to, to, to save both the others. <laughs> I, I haven't seen Top Gun or Fast and the Furious, so I'm going to say it's I, but I do maintain that it's Top Gun because Top Gun is because planes are cooler <laughs> than cars. I think nice cars driving fast is stupid. Like any movie where there's where that features nice cars driving fast is I just I can't get into that- it. That's why you can skip the first four and just go straight to the last four of the series, and then it's nice cars driving fast on ice or or flying or dropping from the air or just weird gimmicky stuff. That's, that's awesome. Well, that's Our- and that's the other thing is I can't like I I am not impressed by anything that I see on movies because you can do anything you can visually do anything. So, but it's all practical. That's why it's awesome. I I don't so, care. Practical effects are dumb. Practical. I mean, I, 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 I haven't seen. I haven't seen like, like five, I guess, but I saw like four, and there's like a clear like CG thing with like a semi truck oh, yeah. at the beginning, and I'm like, that's one of the reasons I didn't really like four was I'm like, this all looks like CG, mm-hmm. and then that, no. I mean, that's I but guess that's, that's what later. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. That doesn't even if it's even if it's practical, even if they're like this guy jumped out, even if it was in the new Captain America movie, it's going to be all practical effects. This uh and and Chris Evans is doing all of his own stunts. He jumped out of this plane without a parachute from two miles in the air and landed on his feet. And we and we did it all in one cut. I would still not be impressed by that because just because that's just how I am. We are different people. Okay, we are very different. My 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 tangent was that I still want to see a uh, Bean Bandit or Gunsmith Cats crossover with the Transformers. Like there was a really good uh, arc in Gunsmith Cats where Rally had to go up against Bean and and uh, like a hired mob wheelman to basically get uh, get some goods in a in a very specific amount of time, and it became a three way race. 
like uh, Riley had to steal, <laughs> had to borrow uh, a rich kid's car to to be in the race for this, though. Uh, I mean, it was really good. There's there was like a it was like there was like a lot of parts in that arc. That's also where you find out that uh, uh, Beam Bandit has uh, armor plane all his clothes, all of them. <laughs> yeah, he gets shot in the head, yeah. but he has a headband with armor plating in it. Okay. Was that a bit? I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little lost. Uh, next question, Jordan. I was just going <laughs> to people should read Gunsmith Cat sometime. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, the last two things we have are most are actually more of comments. Um, Ryan Butson uh, mentioned that uh, like two weeks ago we met how we discussed the idea of Transformers being throughout history, and mm-hmm. it reminded him of a comic. Uh, with uh, Steampunk Bumblebee. And it was oh, called that's right. Transformers Evolutions Hearts of Steel. And I've seen pictures of this. And he, the pictures yeah, he, he was a train. Yeah, they're, they're pretty really cool. Neat. Like, it's a lot of yeah. like, uh, like steampunk, like basically like what the, what they would kind of look like if they were, uh, vehicles, you know, try, like transforming in, in, uh, in, in, uh, I guess more Torian like, area. 1840s like industrial era yeah it's still available like as like a a uh book volume i think yeah, i would think so cool and then finally just a note from smoochella at uh what is cosplay they are just expressing the interest for the probably joking proposal of a star trek tos rewatch <laughs> cool <laughs> so so we've got we've got people lined up for to help us, uh, Kendall, if we ever do that. All right. Cool. <laughs> sounds sounds once, good. Once all of my other projects fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the questions we have. Awesome. Okay, so does anybody have anything that they would like to plug this week? Um, yeah, uh, as always, uh, you can catch my art at dangershare.tumblr.com and on my Twitter at this is Emeralds and on my Instagram at this is Emerald. Uh, this week I drew uh, Molly from Totally Reprise in a, <laughs> in a bee outfit because of the content of the last Totally Reprise that was released uh, as of recording. Uh, people seem to like Why? it. I've, I, I'm actually really proud of that drawing. I, I don't it know what it is really about good. it, but like it just looks it looks something extra than some of my other stuff. And um, uh, I've been pretty good at doing art every week the last little bit, and that's pretty that's pretty exciting. And in fact, um, I might be getting even more regular because me and Luke are working on a webcomic together. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm super excited about it. And like me, we've been coming up with ideas, and I've, he's write a bit of the script, and it's really good. Like Luke's, I, I've always said this, he's a really good creative person like he can do, like his D campaign is like off the wall uh it's not D, but you know and cosmic call like the he's a really good creative individual and i'm super excited to be working with him so That's awesome. that'll be fun cool i'll make a tumblr for that eventually and like i'll be updating on twitter and stuff well, stuff that comes out but uh <laughs> so keep an eye out for that nice um jordan how about you um Besides, like the usual, like uh, they see me rolling, and and the Jesse Cooper's podcast, uh, CurioCast podcast emporium, I would want to point out that uh, there was a recent uh, random sampling episode with Hayden in it. So it was Jesse Hayden and 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 Carrie basically doing this, uh, doing the the deep uh, 
dive about the emperor of uh of the United States and it's actually really funny. So I'll plug that, which I think awesome. I plugged before, but I'm plugging again. <laughs> Kendall, how about uh, you? Uh, you can find everything I do at my website, Kendallcast.ninja. Uh, I do. I just probably, you can find the latest episode of the Technodrome tales there. Uh, we just finished uh, the first season of uh the 1987 uh ninja turtles uh animated show uh, uh yeah and and apparently we're the fifth most downloaded podcast on the geek world's wi- the geeks worldwide network which i don't know nice. what that means but we are <laughs> congratulations regardless <laughs> uh yeah so yeah but um yeah um so that's fun and uh uh, look for more stuff to come probably this upcoming week. Not so it won't be posted if you just listen to it. But I do have uh, an episode of the Katarn Collection that we're going to be recording here in the next uh, in the next week and a half or so, and uh, and probably an episode of Pull List as well. So uh, and uh, ukulele video. I've got I've I've got a bunch of raw footage. I just have to edit it. Cool. Right on. And Jeff, how about you? Uh, well, if you want to uh, read me tweet about wrestling like once or twice a month, uh, I'm at <laughs> uh, at Small Town Idiot, Small Town with no vowels because that was what <laughs> not was taken. Um, and uh, also, uh, if you like talking about Animorphs, I am not a part of it, but I listen to it. And there's a really cool uh, Animorphs uh, podcast where they talk about the books and the shows and stuff called uh, Morph Club. And check it out. It's a couple cartoonists, and it's really, really good. And also, uh, I I surprisingly have a lot of things. Uh, Depending (laughs) on if you're listening to it right when it comes out, I will be a part of the Brawl Along the Watchtower uh, in Justice 2. Tournament, I'm facing Lucas from D-Comedy. Oh, shit. He will need the luck of the Irish to beat me. I'm uh, so excited. It's so cool. And finally, uh, I'm going to say this just to put it out there. Uh, I, I Just so I could actually, hopefully in the next uh, month or so, I will have a uh, podcast I've been working on uh, called When the Eyes of a Ranger Are a Pod You, uh, which is a Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger rewatch pod that oh I'm doing. Oh, my God. I'm doing it with my mom, and it'll be awesome. Your mom? Yes, she. That's we, we so cool. Watched it all the time growing up, and we're yeah. That is adorable. I can't wait. So, <laughs> I, I'm I'm putting it out loud to the ether, so it actually make me do it. <laughs> I know that feel. Well, as, as soon as it's up, definitely hit us up on Twitter, and we'll make sure that we're that we're retweeting you regularly for it. So that'll do. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, as always, I am going to, to promote AudioEntropy.com. Uh, if you like what we've done, or, or if you heard about us from the bonus episode of Teenagers with Attitude that just came out today, check us out, as well as all the other shows that are there. Uh, new stuff going up every week. Uh, I'll plug Joe Joel's Bizarre Adventure, the, uh, the Persona 5 stream that Zach and Joel from Teenagers with Attitude have been doing. Uh, they just posted a bunch of new videos, I think for it last week. So that's up on YouTube. So definitely check that out also, as well Speaking as a video work, there. uh, where, uh, Luke has started, uh, and, and Molly and Dustin and Mike and Ashley and 
Did I say Molly already? Yes. They're doing uh they they're they're streaming their tabletop game now that I mentioned earlier, which oh, is that's like right, yes. really good. Uh, so yeah, so it's the Fate Core system and they've created some really interesting characters and Luke is throwing them in a really interesting world. I really mm-hmm. want to play that game system now too, because I I just love the creativity they've been able I've, to bring to that game. I've heard so, good things about that, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's I, I would be I would thing. be glad to bring back the Sphinx character I made for Fate Core game. <laughs> um. But yeah. So audioentropy.com. If you want to send us any comments, suggestions, if you want to rip us apart for messing something up, you can find you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/group/slash/warrenbeast. Uh. You can find us on Twitter at warrenbeast podcast. Uh. You can all or Actually, I think it's just at Warren Beast, if I remember, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's just I at Warren Beast. Think. Yes, it is just at Warren Beast. Uh, and then, if you're very old school and want to send us an email, you can send us an email. We've got a Gmail account. It is Super Warren Beast. Super old pod- school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is Warren Beast Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, and as for me. Uh, I mainly just retweet the stuff that we do here. <laughs> um, I do post stuff every once in a while, but if you want to follow me, I am at Greg C M U N on Twitter. Um, I just did a demo for my martial art last Saturday. I got to download the video that one of the other people uh, that in my class, her husband took a video of it. So I'll try and see about posting that in the next week or so. So people can see what I do. Cause I like put out candles and cut paper and do forms and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there you go. It's it's much better sword fighting than you'll see on a uh, teenaged tattooed <laughs> alien fighters from God, yeah. Beverly Hills. <laughs> Most definitely. But yeah, uh, so another week down, another episode. Uh, so yeah, for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I'm Kendall. I'm Jeff. There you go, folks. Let's roll. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. It was a cute do- dog. <laughs> oh, Homer. I, as, as a listener, I was very tempted to just end the call right there because I'm like, oh, yeah, show's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs>